increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STRonomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more important the markets are that you find the right agent. And that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases totaling over $3.5 million. And I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North Carolina and South Carolina today. Hey everybody, we're back. It's Kenny Bedwell and myself. Welcome to STRonomics podcast. We're excited to have you and a big shout out to our main man, Tyler Kuhn in Western North Carolina for sponsoring our spot, our spodcast. That's about the way it's been going tonight, right, Kenny? We're doing a podcast yeah. via Zoom we tonight. <laughs> we never use Zoom, not that anything's wrong with it, but because Kenny is still using, you know, Windows 95, we can't get any audio on That's StreamYard. not correct. I have a brand new HP laptop, but it's an issue with StreamYard, so we'll uh, we'll move on. I'm just glad. Exactly. So tonight's this. topic is, should Kenny <laughs> switch from being an Android and a PC guy over to the iPhone ecosystem. I already have the iPhone. It wasn't working on my iPhone either. So I don't okay, so it. let's be honest and let's let it. When did you switch to an iPhone? Was it in 2011, 13, uh, 15, or was it 2022 that you finally went to an iPhone? Uh, actually, I had an iPhone in 2013 and decided that it was missing some features that the Android uh, had. So I switched to Samsung. And then recently I was cyber bullied into purchasing it, not it again. I think that was in Miami, uh, wasn't it? Partly, yeah. And uh, the fact that I could share and everyone, and it's so funny with the iPhone cult is what I call it. Now when I text people, they're like, oh, you got an iPhone. Congratulations. Like it's some achievement in life I've obtained that I have an iPhone now. It's, it is an achievement anyway. when you're an Android user. I mean, I get the whole open you know, interface crap and everything. But I mean, are you really developing or doing anything on Android that you need? Um, I will say, though, that I, there are some features on this phone. I'm like, uh, my wife goes, oh, yeah, the new iPhone 14 has those features that you got. And I said, I've had that on my Samsung for years. <laughs> yeah, so, but here's the here's the thing. What? Just like your your whatever type of PC Bill Gates thing that you're using on the other side of that screen, it doesn't work. Max and life, Apple products just simply work. And that's the big thing. You and I have wasted 24 minutes trying to get this podcast I started. Just gra- I should have just grabbed my wife's laptop. She has a Mac, so she's all iPhone. Or, uh, all, all that would have made things a hell of a lot easier. I'll rethink it next time. So, so here we are on Zoom. Let's talk, Kenny, let's talk about what everybody wants to know. Are you investing? Am I investing right now on December 12th, 2022? Obviously, rents are way down. You know, it's it's amazing. I had six conversations today uh, with people and in, in from one of the largest you know, arbitrage property management companies in in the country to people in vacation rental markets to people that are in the urban area of Houston. And I don't care what anybody says. I think the, I don't like the word influencer, but you and I are influencers, whether we like it or not. And influencers, I think are afraid to say that their rents aren't down because that's bad for business. And I can tell you that 
I have a property that is a beachfront property in Gulf Shores, Alabama, fully renovated, running Facebook ads, doing social media, uh, have sent out emails to my portfolio. And I talked to one of our mastermind members that has a place there as well today. And I not only own two down there, but I manage nine. Let me rephrase that, co-host nine. And I have two properties, two with donuts, zero future bookings, zero in that market. Does that scare you? Yeah, that'd scare me. That's for sure. I mean, you asked the question, am I investing December 12th, you know, 2022? I'm investing Christmas presents. <laughs> Don STRs right now. I mean, even my myself, uh, you know, Airbnb changed up their algorithm and Boy, did that screw my ranking up uh, for the past almost 20 days now, maybe, yeah, over 20 days. I went from top five, page one. I've been the top five for uh, ever since I got ranked breeze like a year and a half to two years ago, like confirmed. You're talking about your Buffalo oh, yeah. property, right? Yep. Buffalo properties, <laughs> yep. <laughs> multiple ones. Right. And whatever they did to their algorithm dropped me to like the bottom of page two. So basically no man's land. And then we had a winter storm. So I had a ton of cancellation. So I have no, almost no booking. I would say I have a donut. I have a uh, little to no bookings for from all the way from like, you know, parts of November into December, which were always booked. I looked last year, year over year, I'm down 40% because of that. And I've, I've, I've made some changes. I've been playing with it. Uh, it started, it just went back. So I think it had to do some learning or some nonsense that they had, you know, doing the background, but it, it just like the listings in rank threes and the rankings just went back up to where they were previously. But I mean, my bookings, uh, my booking lead time in Buffalo is like right under 20 days right now. And so I expect, you know, 20 days ago, I'd be getting bookings and filled up for December Right. And that's just not the case. So yeah, that's cause for concern because really when I budget for the summer, I mean, we we're pretty booked, pretty much booked from end of April all the way until the end of the holidays. So January 1st is technically when my slow season starts for me. You mean traditionally but, you're booked that way. You're not booked from 2023 through the summer. No, 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 no. No, just in terms of like occupancy, expecting right. bookings coming in and just like that comfort <clears throat> level and not having to really adjust pricing. But uh, and then the slow season, the really slow season for us is January through mid-April. I mean, and I budget that in. I say, okay, I know, you know, I might cover the expenses. I might do a little more or less depending on what it is, but I kind of budget that in. And I mean, I was not expect. I mean, I, I do have savings, so I'd say, but I personally was not expecting to have to budget in also now December, you know, so that adds on another month of, of expenses and carrying costs and stuff. And so- Unfortunately, that's just the case and it sucks. And so uh, that makes me kind of reevaluate. All right. So what's that going to look like across the country? How are other markets going to be impacted by this? And I mean, I'm literally sitting on the data. I'm tracking the data uh, in STR Insights and I'm going to look at it and see what happens in next month. I'll let you guys know who are listening Uh the impact of that algorithm change for sure. But it's it's um, going to be, it's massive. It's not, yeah. just, you know, it's not just you. You've seen our That's why I want to see our... it. Yeah. That's why I want to see how, how it impacted certain people. I mean, literally I was in the 95th to 96th percentile for revenue. And this drop alone on some of my properties will knock me down a little bit further. 
maybe other people got dropped too and I'm still up there. But uh, but in terms of like how much money I made year over year, it definitely made an impact. Well, the, um, one, but, you know, this is an STRnomics podcast, so we got to tie the data into it, right? So I was texting with Emil today and, you know, he's got a tier two property and a couple of them now in Gulf Shore, smaller properties than what I have on tier two. I closed out my first year tier two in Gulf Shores on Thanksgiving, $358,000 in revenue for a tier two property. When the algorithm kicked in, I went from page one for eight occupancies, right? So that's a 14 occupancy of 14. I don't care about one, two, three, four, you know, or five, but my top eight, I was on page one inside the top three to five uh, listings. I shot down to 17, not listing 17, page 17, right before, uh, right at the end of November. I've jumped back up to page one for most occupancies, and it's like eight through 14, but I'm not in the top five anymore because I can't compete on the price, and I am so low. So do the math. I don't even know what ADR is on $358,000. I'm charging $500 to $600 a night right now. Right. And there's tier twos. This is in West Beach, primary of Gulf Shores that are charging 200 to $275 a night. There is not a chance that I will do that. I would rather let my property sit. Now, I do have future bookings with that property because of the rankings previously, but there's a lot of properties that are sitting empty. I was down there this weekend, which is the only reason that I was looking and really because. I would rather let my property sit than charge, you know, for a $2 million property, 200 to $250 a night. The, it kind of comes back to the unit economics of, you mentioned this a second ago, are people prepared for the carry cost? And I believe there's not. So you said you're not buying, you're buying Christmas presents. I'm leaving Monday to go to Whitefish, Montana. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, I will be in Phoenix and Scottsdale, Arizona, looking to buy. And I've made a commitment to my wife that we will not come back to Nashville. Don't care. Christmas is right around the corner. You know, we're leaving on the 19th, come back on the 22nd. So we don't have much room to screw around here, Kenny, without having a place under contract in one or two of those locations. With the understanding that we may not cash flow for four to six months. And I want to make that abundantly clear. So when Kenny's not buying, Kenny, how old are you? 30. Kenny's 30. Kenny's got a new startup that's about seven months old, right? Kenny's got new children. He recently left his, you know, cush job that he used to have, right, at a Fortune 500 company. A lot of things about Kenny that you need to understand. Successful owner, successful investor, successful entrepreneur now. But he's in a, a certain stage of life to where you're probably going to be very conservative with your investment cash, right? Especially being a new father, a new new entrepreneur, having, you know, you've had the W-2 and you've had the great salary and the vacation and healthcare and all that type of stuff that now you're having to do on your own, right? right. That puts a lot of stress on people's shoulders. So the question becomes is, the and I still see people that are doing 10% down investments. I see people that are taking out HELOCs and leveraging themselves. And that's risky and scary. So I think understanding the unit economics of where you're at becomes really important to decide if you're going to invest now. Kenny is not buying. I am buying. The only reason that I'm buying is I have two places, two geographic locations, two markets that I have to fill for my retirement. 
So the, the dichotomy becomes, do I wait for interest rates to come down and prices to go back up? 24, 36 months. I'm retiring in just under five years, five years, right? So I need those two properties to fill out the lifestyle asset. Does it make sense for me to buy today and break, even lose 10, 15 grand in rental income, mortgage costs, that type of stuff over six months to start paying down, building equity in that property over the next five years? Or does it make sense for me to wait and buy later? I've made the decision because I'm sitting on way too much cash right now. I'm losing money on the cash. I've got just over a million dollars in cash. If I buy a million dollar property, and, and which is what I'm looking at, 999, hopefully I can pick it up around 900 uh, in Montana, that'll cost me about 200 grand cash to close at 20% down. But I'm probably going to do a 10% down on both of these properties because I have a like 7% DTI, so I can afford both. And then the other one in, in Phoenix, Kenny, is going to be under 750. So, I mean, literally for 200 grand, I could pick up both properties if I do 10% down second home mortgages, right? I probably will not do that just because I want to have more equity in case I have to exit. And my goal is to pay down equity, not to force appreciation and then pull cash out. So, I'm still thinking about the unit economics, but the big two things for me is I have cash that's losing money because of inflation right now. It's not parked any place. It's not in a money marketing account. It's not in a Schwab account. It's not in an ETF. It's nowhere. It's in a bank account. But two, also because of that life plan that I have to retire, I feel like I need to buy now to be able to pay down debt because I don't want, I'm not the guy that's going to leverage at this point in my life. Yeah, I I agree. I'm, I'm in a, I'm kind of in a wait and see pattern, I think. Um, you know, we we talked about this in another episode, but timing in the particular markets, which speaking of the devil, I spoke to someone today who invested in Logan, Ohio because of STR insights. Uh, you, might give him a, you might want to give him a um, refund. No, they were very excited about it. And uh, they found, I think it was a 10 acre property and they can put multiple uh, structures on the property. They were doing some stuff with it, which is fitting for the area. So are they um, going to do smaller stuff, lower cost stuff, like teepees, tents, tiny no, homes? No, I, I think they were going to do tiny homes, but still like put in septic systems and things. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they 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 saw it and they're, they're familiar with Ohio. So it was kind of those things like they had their, they were like, oh, that's interesting. And then they went and just looked at the numbers and it made sense. So they did. So you got to give um, the listeners a little bit of backstory of why you and I are, are laughing about Logan, Ohio. That kind of goes back to September of 2021, right? That was in Gatlinburg, yes. was it not? Yes, it was. Yes. So um, I was prototyping some uh, information or data uh, for potentially STR insights. We didn't have a name or anything for it yet. I was just showing people. It was Kenny's magic uh, spreadsheet is what everybody else in the mastermind Kenny's was magic. referring to it as. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And I picked, uh, Cherry picked 15 markets. Most of the markets the mastermind members were in. So big markets, you know, Gatlinburg, Gulf Shores, Destin, Big Bear, just across the country. And then I picked a random one uh, that I saw it was high up on my list called Logan, Ohio. And Logan, Ohio is near uh, Hawkins Hill State Park in Ohio. It's one of the more most trafficked state parks in Ohio, I think. And um, anyway, well, uh, I, and I, during COVID, wasn't there about two million visitors a year that was going there? I believe. Yeah, yeah. and and so and that the houses are super cheap there. And so 
Anyway, I was kind of doing it as a joke. Hold on, but don't don't jump forward. Let's talk about that for a second. I remember as soon as you pulled that up, it was the number one market to invest into. The highest gross ROI. This was September of 2021. We're right in the middle of COVID. And literally it was like 37% or 40%, something ungodly gross ROI. We see this on Kenny's spreadsheet. We're in the movie theater with like, what what do we have? 50 people that are crammed into like a 20-seat movie theater at this cabin in Gatlinburg for our mastermind. And all of a sudden, everybody's like on their phones, on Zillow, on realtor.com, looking up Logan, Ohio, because they could buy a fucking eight-bedroom house for like $285,000 at that point. Yeah, yeah. And um, long story short, yeah, people, I I just did it for fun just because, hey, look, like there are markets out there, tiny markets out there that are doing really well um, that no one's talking about. But uh, anyway, they were, uh, I mean, Bill, what do, you, what do you think about Logan, Logan, Ohio? <laughs> Tell the listeners how you really feel. I mean, look, I mean, there's a state park. There's a lot of attraction for national parks, for state parks. But it's real. I mean, it's the Rust Belt. It's I remember, you know, Tyler G was very familiar with that market. And the only like economy there was a, you know, 50,000 acre sod farm or something like that. So the, the, the reason I don't like it is there's one traffic driver, which is the state park. Right. And if you follow what I throw down, I want a minimum of two and I'm looking for three. If you can get four, like in Hot Springs, Arkansas, then go and invest by all means. So instead of buying a $400,000 property in Logan, Ohio, I'd be buying in Hot Springs, Arkansas, just because of the traffic drivers and the history. But you know what? I think if you can do multi low cost structures, like what these people you're talking about that you spoke to today, I think they'll be fine. Look, I think you can invest almost anywhere. In this country, to be honest with you, except for maybe that piece of rock that you own, like south of the Grand Canyon, that might need some more development years down the road. I'm just yeah, kidding. that is true. It definitely does. <laughs> but Kenny, it, it, it all comes back to the economics of the deal, right? Right. Is it doesn't matter if you're buying now, if you were buying two years ago. The question becomes, and and you hear we see it from Tony and Madeline and you know Avery and Tyler and all the the big real estate agents in our space. And, you know, I see on their social, you know, and they, they have all these memes, they have the videos from TikTok that they're posting and they're, oh, there's another client waiting for the rates to come down. They should, you know, should people really be buying now or should they be waiting? So I'm buying, you're waiting. What's the difference? That's what I think we got to, you know, explain, you know, to the consumer base. Well, it's, it's, it has to deal with your risk, like what you can take on, what you just talked about. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life. I just can't, I can't take on, you know, I can't risk another down payment and no cash flow for a certain amount of months. You know, maybe if I find the ideal property and I, and I can kind of time getting in and, and <clears> launching it at the right season and things, and I've got the day to support it. Um, but, I mean, right now it just doesn't make sense really anywhere that I've seen and looked for my personal situation. So and, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you real quick because I want to make sure I wish we had that big red flashing siren because what Kenny just said trumps everything, everything. Yeah. And I want to make that abundantly clear. There's no question. I mean, I'm pretty conservative, but, you know, Kenny is like in total risk averse mode right now. And I would have been that way when I was 30 as well. Well, I hadn't had kids yet. You know, having kids changes everything. Do as a guy that's done 27 startups, doing a new startup 
changes everything, right? And, you know, now I guess the question I would pose to you, and I know you're not as open as I am uh, about like money and stuff like that, but what percentage of your savings or investable savings would you be willing to invest right now? 10%, 20%? Is it like zero? Like if you saw a great, if you could see 18% cash on cash, what percentage would you invest? No, I wouldn't invest right now. Just, I, I just, period. I, I can't. Yeah. I just can't. I mean, I have, I'm going into the slow season for all of my properties and it's a potentially prolonged slow season. And I want to do some add ons to those properties that I know can, I know if I add a hot tub to my property in Watkins Glen, New York, it'll actually shorten my shoulder season significantly. Mm-hmm. So I would, and that is just a fact. If I, and I would rather invest in that than try to throw more money at getting another property and timing it. Um, you know, it, but this is, it, things change. So was, you know, we can have this conversation in February and March and my attitude will be completely different um, based on what's going on in the economy, based on the numbers I'm seeing and the opportunities I'm seeing. So um, it, it, it's really about timing and, and where everything is. But yeah, zero. <laughs> straight, straight, straight up. Right Kenny's now, giving the big donut is like zero. And, 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 you know, and, and here's the deal, folks. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being prudent and making a decision that is best for you and your family. And that's what I, that's really the message that I want to get across here is you need to know your plan. You need to know what you want for your desired outcome. You need to know how much true cash you have on hand. You need to budget the carry costs, right? And it's not like, oh, hey, I'm going to get a cost egg benefit and I'm going to accelerate depreciation on this and these expenses. And I get, it's like John Hodge says, there's no, there's no story behind a performa, zero. If you have to talk yourself into it, if you have to create a story, that's your first sign. I guess, is that Jeff Foxworthy? Here's your sign. You know, you're a redneck. If you know, you know, you're making a bad investment. If you have to talk yourself into it or literally explain it to somebody else, you should be able to say, Hey, Kenny, here's my perform on this place in Montana. And you know, what do you think? Don't buy it. You're not going to make any money, right? You're not getting so, anybody ever. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> like the, well, it wasn't one of them. It was the, was it like, was it the condo one? Oh yeah. It was that one. It was the like, condo in big sky, $1.1 million. You're not going to make anybody. It was going to do like $90,000 in yeah. revenue. I can't even pay the mortgage with that. So here's the funny thing. And a lot of people think markets, Kenny, and you know, you and I talk about the individual properties. I'm looking at two properties. One is a four bedroom, three bath with 10 minutes from the entrance, west entrance to Glacier National Park. The other one is just north of Whitefish, three bedroom, three bath on a river, two and a half acres. Incredible. Million dollars for the river house, 600 for the Glacier National Park house. They're both going to do, I've looked, you looked one of them up. I've looked both of them up in STR Insights. They're both going to do the exact same amount of revenue. It's around 125. Now I know I could probably push the glacier, the glacier property, because it's so close to that entrance, right? And you know the marketing sucks up there for people. And there's not even Vacasas and Evolves. It's almost all self-managed, really small, localized. Um, you know the big ones stay on the mountain at the ski resorts, right? So I know there's room there. So a lot of people would say, why would you even consider spending a million dollars on the other property? And it's got one less bedroom, and it's 
35, 40 minutes away from Glacier than buying the cheaper one on Glacier. And because there's three buckets that I talk about investing into, and for me and my wife, it's bucket number two, it's like 50% lifestyle asset, 50% financially driven decision, right? So I don't know what we're going to decide when we're there. A lot of the, the what the house really looks like in person. <clears throat> um, and I'll tell you the bigger, the one house, Kenny, there's no septic permit. So, I mean, there's going to be a contingency that the sellers have to provide a a permit because I can't get licensed by the state of Montana without a septic permit, right? So a lot of people would just wait and see what happens and put it into the contract. I've already had three conversations uh, with Flathead County uh, planning and zoning to figure out how long it takes, what it costs, what's going to go into, you know, getting that permit. And it should be no problem. And it's going to cost the seller probably 1100 1200 bucks to get that done. Now, the question becomes is, are they willing to do that? So kind of prepping before we even go into due diligence, if that makes sense. That does. Um, something else that, you know, we don't, no one really talks about is the amount of time it takes to find and set up <clears throat> a vacation rental mm -hmm. successfully. I don't think that can be underestimated. And a lot of us underestimated. I, I sure as heck did when I, with the Watkins Glen house, I thought I could do it at first. I was like, oh yeah, we got this in a week, you know? And then, and then we showed up and I was like, maybe two weeks. And we, we were there for a whole month. It's still like, I was like, we, we got to just launch it at this point. You know, my wife was like, no, there's so much we got in. I was like, we're losing money by, you know, tr still trying to get it up and perfect. And so, I mean, the amount of time it takes to find, and then also set up a vacation rental, get everything ordered in and, you know, if you have any permits or whatever the heck you have to do to the property, it takes a lot. And even for myself right now, if I had the funds to go buy a property and into, you know, even, you know, like I said, if there was zero risk, if I removed, you know, the the risk and the limitations, if there were all these good deals and I had all this money and I could just invest in them, I would hire other people to do it for me. I'd have to. I don't have the time today so that increases your, your cost. Yes, exactly. It is. You know, time is money. And I think that needs to be calculated in as well. We don't see that in the, the performance. So um, I think it's part of it. And so I well, I John that... and I discussed that quite a bit, right? And that's so so he, it would be it would be amazing if we could actually get data and it's impossible to do to know what's the average setup time post close date, right? So mm -hmm. me and my wife typically take between six to 10 days and we're live and we're, we're done. You know, we order stuff and the, or once we get, once we know that we're going to qualify, you know, when the contingencies have been met and we'll order some stuff even before then that we could reuse elsewhere, linens or whatever it is, right. Or, you know, kitchen wares, but we're not going to do headboards and couches and, and stuff like that. But that speed. So you think about, and this is what screwed me at Banner Elk, Kenny. So it took me three months to get Banner Elk listed because I was in the middle of, and I've never had that happen, not even property number one. And it was well, actually really probably two months. We'll just call it three months. So my carry costs on that house are about seven grand, maybe just under 8,000, including cleaning fees, right? So 8,000 bucks a month, almost a hundred G's on my carry costs. So that cost me $24,000 just on my carry costs, forget about loss of income. And that's something that what you just said, a lot of people are not factoring into their perf performance. So I've got a, a whole 
freaking action plan on there's three phases of once you get under contract to be able to prepare to get launched super fast, right? From the time that you close on your property. And, you know, I, if I put North Carolina and I remove the Banner Elk Beach Mountain, because it took us almost 40 days for property number two up there too, just because labor's extremely tough. We average less than 10 days on all of our other properties. That's something that becomes absolutely critical. And I see way too many people. And Kenny, I know you didn't do a huge like remodel in Watkins Glen, but I think you converted a couple of rooms and made some bigger rooms and stuff like that. But it, how, how long did it take you total? Like 45 days, was it? Almost, yeah. Yeah, literally after we had closed to getting everything ordered. Yeah, it was, yeah, because we closed, yeah. And that was probably what, right around the end of middle to latter part of May? Didn't you close on that in April? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we I mean, you think about, and that's a summer a summer uh, season there, correct? Yeah, we missed, we missed a month and a half. Yeah, and that's the stuff that I see. And, and so when Kenny says timing, you know, really, I look at most deals are taking 45 days to close, right? So if you're going to put something under contract, you'll probably budget 45 days. You know, that's really, if you're going into the summer months, I, I look at prime time as February, right? And so depending on the market, so like the cool thing I look at, like with Gulf Shores, outside of that one property, a lot of our properties still have bookings going this month. We just had 4,000 people for the soccer tournament. I was down down at, we had people staying for this and there was a volleyball tournament. You got to look at the compression events. You got to market to them. But the, uh, the other thing is, you know, Christmas, New Year's, you should have that stuff booked at least. I say that and I've got one property that doesn't, but then we're really only January and February and we're into March with spring break. And there's going to be plenty of people that are, I mean, I, I went and I looked, we, we sold 24 out of 30 days last year in March because of spring breaks and they're, you know, they go at different weeks throughout the country. So those markets that are down that are traditional spring break markets, you should get an influx of cash flow in March and April. I don't know that you're going to have to wait all the way to the summer. The question becomes, and what I told some people today, I think I'll know by the middle of January. I mean, the summer season, I believe it starts on Christmas. You know, and if you're smart, you're email marketing right now to all your previous guests giving them an incentive to buy a gift certificate from you or to book, you know, to where you can generate some cash flow for them to go in and secure next year's vacation to give it away as a Christmas present. The brilliance of Disney marketing. We've done two Disney cruises that we've left on the 26th and of December because my wife saw advertisements or emails or the mailers, and then we would book it a couple of months in advance and give it to our girls, and boom, we're gone. The next day, down to the Bahamas. Right. So think about that from a marketing perspective. That's how you're going to combat the economic issue going into 2023. Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on, on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina? My man, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered. And one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions totaling almost three and a half million dollars, and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina, and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals, 
Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your free discovery call with Tyler today. Yeah, I like that. And I think that too, is if you're like, okay, well, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable investing today. That's fine. You still need to be doing research and looking for potential markets um, to target in 2023 because when February rolls around, you don't want to have your hands in your pockets going, okay, I'm ready now. Now, where do I look? Because that's going to set you back as well. I mentioned this, you know, on a, on a call uh, with a, I don't know if we're announcing this publicly yet, but a private group, I'll just say. You, you can, um, so about, I was going to bring that up. We have a new acceler super team accelerator program, right? And you mentioned yeah. basically like going to the gym, you need to keep yeah. your skills up in evaluating markets and properties to the accelerator on our coaching call last Friday. Right. So kind of right. explain yeah. what you mean by that and why they need to continue to do that if they're not in buying mode right now. So, I mean, it's just this fact of being rusty or, or you know, a, working out a muscle. I like that analogy is basically, you know, if you keep, if you don't work out your muscles and they, they become really weak. And then when you, when you're ready to go, if you're ready to go for that big, you know, uh, I don't know what the, what do they call the muscle shows where they show, they walk and they, they show off their muscles. If you haven't been working out, you're going to, you know, you it's mean gonna the take, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, stuff, you know, that type right, of stuff. Right. Or if you're trying, you know, it, it just takes, you, you need to be constantly like looking and tracking it at the very least markets and seeing how they're tracking. I mean, I think, you know, six months ago, maybe seven months ago, I was, I was talking up the North Georgia mountains because the data looked really good. Fast forward to today, I rarely talk about them and it's not Later. because I hate the North you're an NGM hater. It, it's not because, but I'm, 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 uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm keeping up with the data and I'm seeing the trends and tracking it. I had someone reach out to me the other day and they said, Hey, you know, I, I listened to, uh, or watched a video of you like back in April talking about LJ, like, you know, I'm looking into that market now. I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, like things have changed dramatically. And I know that. And we have to be adaptable. We have to be constantly working on those evaluation muscles. Um, and so if you're thinking you're going to be looking in February, ready to pull the trigger sometime in the spring of next year, you need to start now. You need to start tracking markets and getting familiar with at least three to five different markets so that by the time it comes and you're ready to pull the trigger, you're already comfortable with that market. Maybe you, you know people there for resources, cleaners, maintenance folks, whatever it may be. And, you know, you're not just starting out and you're trying to figure things out when you're looking to buy. Um, that's going to save you a lot of time, too. So there's a lot of groundwork is what you're saying that can be done now. Right. So I think it's, you know, right can the, the question becomes, is should people make a decision on what market they're going to go into in February, March, April, May, June, today? And I'm a big believer, Kenny, and I'd like to get your input on this, that the Smokies... Western North Carolina, Destin, 
30A, Panama City, Gulf Shores, you know, Naples is a winter market. These, these traditional vacation rental markets, even though they're going to be, they're down now, even the Smokies are down. And that's an occupancy driven market traditionally, right? They're going to come back. It's not like these markets have died, right? Their, their, their blood pressure's dropped, you know, lower than it has been in the last two years. There's no question. But my wife, you know, she designs short-term rentals and does interior design, but she doesn't know, she doesn't know the real numbers. She's not involved in the day-to-day with our portfolio. When we went down to Gulf Shores, she's like, wow, this is weird. You know, you've been on West Beach. We had a mastermind meeting there. You've been down by my house and it was pitch black when we flew in on Friday night, pitch black. Coming in through Orange Beach, there's nobody on the big strand in Gulf Shores. We went to dinner, we went to lunch and dinner to places we normally go, talking to servers and a manager that we know. Big Fish, which is one of the busiest restaurants in that market, closed after Saturday night. They closed yesterday for two weeks. They said it's so slow, we're shutting down, we're cleaning, we're making some updates, we're giving our staff off, and they're paying them, which never happens, and they're coming back the day after Christmas uh, for you know, the, the busy time between then, then and new year's. And then they're closing for another two weeks in January, just because there's not enough business. That restaurant's been there. I forgot what they said, like 13, 14 years. They've never done that before. And I think that's the, the post COVID hangover. You and I did a podcast previously about the, you know, the SGR gold rush. Is it over? Right. And I think a lot of people are still and the ones that are investing today are still looking at the T12s, Kenny. Whether it's on your platform, STR Insights, whether it's on AirDNA, you know, from real estate agents, that type of stuff, whatever it is, Rabu, or, or, or they're just looking at, at calendars and, you know, doing the enemy method. And then they say, oh, well, I can't invest there. What are people to do with the data, you know, right now, if they are looking to invest or if they are working out their muscles and practicing, and but they're not going to be ready till April or May? That's a good question. Um, I mean, it, I hate to say, like, it depends on the market. Um, it really does, it, but we need to, I feel like using not just the T12s, but looking back a little bit further too. You How know, does and, the layman get that data back farther? Well, there are certain data providers, I won't name names, but it's not SCR Insights that, that provides some of that information. If you're not familiar with the market, you need to get as familiar as possible with it and go and buy different, what different data providers provide for those markets. Uh, because they'll offer different bits and pieces that you can actually kind of put together as a, as a puzzle to see, you know, the, the full picture. And so what I mean by that is I would love to see what that market did pre-COVID, like the especially the demand. What was demand like pre-COVID? And then what does demand look like as of the last 12 months? And then what is future bookings like with the future lead time look like for the next however many days? And I'm basing that all future lead time because a lot of people will come to me and say, hey, Kenny, I'm looking at the calendars and their calendars are empty. And I'm like, well, how far out are you looking? Well, I look, you know, three to six months out and they don't have anything. Or, or people, ex- are you expecting bookings, you know, three to six months out uh, for certain markets? Like, I don't know the answer to that depending on the market, but you need to, like, we got to take all those pieces together to get an idea, to kind of get a true help status for that particular market. But when it comes down to it, you also got to be subjective too. You got to look at it and say, okay, uh, you know, do I, do I foresee this getting any better? 
you know, am I talking to locals? I, I think it's so important that people talk to local, not just realtors, but talk to locals in the area. Uh, maybe other hosts, if they can get that information, uh, other contacts to see how the market's been and what they're kind of, if it's normal or, ex, you know, the what the what the uh, expectations are to kind of get a, a pulse or a feel on the pulse for that particular market. I think all those things have to happen today in 2023. That's what we have to do to truly analyze a new market we're going into. We didn't have to do that before. We didn't. We didn't have to look at all these different pieces and put it together and try to get the picture and understand the health and the feel the pulse of that market. But the times have changed and we have to put in a little more effort. So, Kenny, I think that, you know, just something that pops into my mind when you're talking about that the last couple of minutes is Bitcoin versus Exxon Mobil, you know, from a stock perspective, right? Exxon Mobil could be down 25, 30 percent right now, but it's such a strong company for yep. Years. I mean, I'm not talking 10. I'm talking, I don't know how old it is, 50, 80, 100 years. And if you look at the historicals of an ExxonMobil or a Berkshire Hathaway or these just stalwarts of publicly traded companies that are always going to rebound, they're always going to come back, they're not going away, right? And then I look at Bitcoin, you know, as an example. Bitcoin was hot. People made a lot of money during COVID. Everybody Remember everybody went to the University of Google, maybe it was Yahoo, and they became day traders in 2020, you know? Yeah. I mean, there there's things that are tried, true, tested that are going they will come back. Gulf Shores will come back. Dustin will come back. All the traditional markets that are that are that are in high demand in normal times, not COVID, right? That were there long before that. They're going to be fine. This is just a dip that we're going to go through. We've gone like this, and now we just went like this, you know, for the last probably 30 to 60 days, and it's probably going to stay down here, you know, for another four, five, six months. But the you and I believe we will find out sometime between Christmas and the middle of January what our summer is going to look like. I don't expect people to get completely booked at the beach, Myrtle Beach, Panhandle, wherever, but I think you're really going to find out kind of where your pricing is going to need to be and how you're going to have to go from COVID pricing down to a normalization of 2018, 2019 pricing, because we will not have the same demand either. So like all like Kenny mentioned, you know, th that somebody is looking in North Georgia, LJ, seven months after he recorded a video, you can't use the pricing strategies I've been teaching during COVID you know, going into 2023, you will get absolutely crushed. I'm reducing pricing across the board. I hate to say it because it hasn't been that way since really April, maybe May of 2020. But now we have to come back down or we can't be competitive. And like when, you know, with Emil, you know, he's looking at these tier two properties in Gulf Shores, there's some that are under $200. That's insane. So if you're in that five or $600 range, you're never going to rank. You can't outrank somebody you know, at 150 to 200 bucks, that's, you know, in that same proximity, even if you did have a hot tub and they don't have a hot tub in, in most cases. So those are the things that we're competing against is price because people are scared. So what did they do? They lower prices just to generate some cash flow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think that, so what, one thing I do want to put a caveat on though, some, a lot of these traditional markets will do better than 2018, 2019 numbers, just not as bad, not as, Overall, I'm saying the average, just not as well as what we saw 2020, 2021. 
um, and parts of 2022. I, I still think we were still riding that high in parts of 2022 as well. So um, I don't for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think that a lot of markets will necessarily drop. I, we keep talking like run your numbers off pre-COVID. I think that's a very conservative estimate, but a lot of markets will do a little bit better than that uh, from what I'm seeing. So I, I do want to throw that in there with a glimpse of hope and a glimpse of su- sunshine like gleaming through. But, um, you know, it's not there's still a lot of demand. I think Air, uh, not just Airbnb, but VRBO um, and some of these other platforms, they're bringing in a lot of demand. Um, and granted, there's a lot of supply, but uh, there's still that demand coming through. And so um, don't don't think that we're saying, oh, well, you know, it's going to go. We're going to go back to numbers in 2008. Like, that's just not, <laughs> you know, so budget 2019 and pray for 2021. You know, there you, can, you, you, can, you can I like it. You can take action to land someplace in between that. I promise you, you know, and anybody that says they're going to outperform COVID. I'm calling BS on that. We're going to have to work three times harder. We've got to do off-platform marketing. You know, we've got to be doing social media, email marketing, Facebook ads, all that type of stuff, um, you know, just to be able to sustain it. And the cool thing about those things, Kenny, is if you do them, then you have a competitive advantage because 95% of the people are never going to do it. Yep. They're just not. They're just going to list on Airbnb, Verbo. They may get frisky one day and say, hey. Kenny, I'm going to list on Expedia and see what happens or try booking.com once, right? And go through it. But most people are just set it and forget it. So if you can learn those skills, you will have a a better chance. And that's one of the reasons that I'm buying is because I outperform those numbers typically because I do that stuff. Now, once again, all of my properties, with the exception of one, all of them with the exception of one. And I don't have any year over year numbers to compare. Banner Elk property is absolutely crushing it just in the last two weeks, Kenny. I think I've taken six or seven bookings for close to 50 or 60 grand, but we're in prime time. It's it's winter season, right? And it blows my mind that that's the only property. It's just for me, like Kenny said, he's going into slow season. One of the things that I think becomes critical if you have more than five properties is really think about diversification for revenue. That's one of the reasons that I started going to the mountains, right? To where I can get winter peak seasons for two properties. And I've got one that's doing okay to good. And I got one that's doing really well. Luckily, it's my biggest property. So the cash is much bigger than the other smaller property. So those are just things to think about when you're you're get back into acquisition mode, if you're not right now. And it's something that I have to consider and budget because the two markets that I'm looking to break into in the Montana market and also the, the Arizona market, they're both going to be summer markets. I mean, shit, Glacier National Park, Kenny, you're a national park guy. That thing seems like that thing's only open for like eight to 10 weeks a year, you know, because yeah. of weather. It's it's a little bit longer than that, but the reality is it's like middle of June sometimes till like early October, late September. It's just not a long season. And those are, that's something we should talk about in another podcast. Cause a lot of people, you know, like even you said in, in, in a reel at our, at the super team bootcamp, Myr- Myrtle beach was the best place to invest at that time for a vacation rental market. Right. I think I actually, I think I put that out today and you know, what happens with the, the shortened markets like Jersey shore. You know what? That's somewhat close to you. I know you live in New York, but you know, I mean, Snooky and Jay Wow and them, they couldn't hang out there all year long. They only went for like five weeks. Right. That's literally like a, a two month season and nobody goes there 
you know, outside of the summer season. So are markets like that really investable? We need to talk about that in another episode. How does the seasonality play into the investing strategy? Yeah. 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 Let's save it for another episode. (laughs) Because you know, the thing that sucks about Zoom, Kenny, we have no idea how long we've been on here today. We've been, uh, it's it's been a minute. I think it's time to wrap it up. (laughs) All right. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Kenny and I will be talking about seasonality investing. See you guys on the next episode of STRonomics, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to STRonomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.